0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Good Wednesday morning, and it certainly is for Paul George, although I guess we didn't really know the whole story with PG-13. That's coming up in a second. It's a great morning for Giannis, who's the Defensive Player of the Year. A history-making morning for the Chicago White Sox. Lucas Giolito, first no-hitter of the 2020 season in front of nobody. We are Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. That includes the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse, who might be involved in the biggest NBA story going at this very moment. That's at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. We'll wait to see if the Raptors take the floor Tomorrow, you heard me right. Take the floor tomorrow. If you're not aware of that story, we'll talk about it in just a little bit, gentlemen. There was a lot of hoops last night. There was a lot of things besides hoops last night. What are your early thoughts before we hear a little bit more from Paul George and Doc Rivers that you just heard at the top?
2: Well, first of all, I wanted to enjoy, try to enjoy my day yesterday after work. That Pretty was, heavy show for us. Yeah, it was just you know get out, try to enjoy, it rest up a little bit. Um, that was important to me uh, from yesterday, and then you know catch some hoops. Catch with a little bit of hoops I can catch. And obviously, Paul George caught fire.
0: Ooh. I mean, watching, watching that duel between Jamal Murray and uh, Donovan Mitchell is getting more special by a second. So after I got done, I had a little uh, lesson on broadcasting. Keyshawn, I got to get you on this lesson I did with this company called Varsity Tutors, which is great, mm-hmm. and talk to kids just about how to be a sports broadcaster. I'd be like Keyshawn Johnson I on live that. TV. I don't do that. That's, no? That's a,
2: bad, that's a bad message you're sending to the kids. <laughs> you don't want to be like me. <laughs> don't be like no, Keyshawn. don't be like me. Don't be like kids, the it, message. It's so funny. Uh, I remember when me and uh, Chris Carter were working together on, on Countdown, and kids would come into the studio – and they'd be like, oh, yeah. CC said, why are you not in school? He's like, oh, because I came. He said, good. You don't need to go to school. Look how it worked out for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do not listen to that. No. That is not <laughs> the answer. That looks. Worked out. Looks good, good for me. Keyshawn.
1: <laughs> I guess the caveat there is uh, if you're in the Hall of Fame, I guess you don't have to do that like CC is. So if you don't have that Hall of Fame NFL career, kids, go to school, go to broadcasting school. Otherwise, you could just skip it. But on, on a real note, yeah. yesterday it, it was tough.
0: I feel like after I left the show, I was tired. I was just tired mentally, physically, about well, how, carrying it, that weight, it, talking about it. And then it happens. What, what do you do when you go into the regular world again? Like, how do you continue to push for the action? And, I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today, obviously, with Fred Van Vliet and company.
2: Well, think about it. Four hours, and a lot of people don't realize this. They think we just talk sports and we have fun. Four hours of trying to navigate and keeping people from going to some other trash when we're the greatest show on earth is like (laughs) it's a hard job. People don't understand. It's a lot of energy just to be able to navigate four hours and then on top of that, we got to deal with everything else. That's even more weight on your shoulders. So you certainly feel exhausted at the end of the day.
0: But I do understand those are first class problems, right? Well, first class. I, mean, problems. I,
2: I yeah, I guess we work though. This is a job. Yeah, I'm They're with saying, you. This is not so that people know those kids that you're talking about. This is not going to a studio. I mean, we are here in the right. morning preparing and prepping. We got a, a show to put on.
1: No question about it. One thing we should mention, if you weren't with us yesterday, I mean, where the hell were you? No, but if you weren't here with us yesterday, we were talking about... Say it with your chest! (laughs) We were talking about the situation in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which of course continues today, and that did take up a bulk of the program. It's something Doc Rivers has addressed as well. So the Clippers win. They're on the verge of moving on. They've overcome the the amazing play of Luka Doncic. On the other end, they were able to stifle him for a night. I didn't think that was going to be possible after the last few games, but they were able to do He still dropped 22. He did. He did. But if felt like if you were watching the game, it really was over at the end of the first quarter. Once the Clippers got that double-digit lead, it really felt like it was their game to lose, and they certainly weren't going to let it happen. They can close it out, by the way, on ESPN Thursday night, 9 Eastern. But after the game, much like LeBron the other night, he had a great game and then wanted to talk about what was going on in Kenosha. Same thing for Doc Rivers. Simply put for Doc, many people think this country is a mutual admiration society, but for many people and black people in this country— According to Rivers, it is not.
3: All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad. Like I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? It's, it's just ridiculous. And it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody,
1: for everyone. Thank you. And if you're watching us on ESPN News, that was the extent of what Doc wanted to say at the top. I want to give some context here because this is something not a lot of people realize. Doc Rivers' father, Grady, was a lieutenant in the Maywood, Illinois, Police Department. It's a black working class suburb just west of Chicago for 30 years. And Mm. I think a lot of people, Mm. when they hear African-American athletes, obviously he was a former player turned highly respected head coach. They sometimes say, well, some of these people don't see the police side of things. But I just want to mention here, his father for three decades was a lieutenant in a police department in just west of one of the biggest cities in america so i just want to mention that because doc knows of what he speaks when it comes to that it's ingrained in his family and and
2: and to be honest with you a lot of athletes whether they're family members or not understand the police work because they have like me i got so many friends that i went to school with whether it was college or high school that are now in law enforcement I mean, I, I just do. That's that's one of the jobs that they, you know, decide to, to go into. So you don't have to have major knowledge to know a little bit, right? I mean, we know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. We know when we see people getting pulled over and, and – Afraid that something may happen to you. I don't have to have a policeman living in my home to know that. Sure, I've I've lived it firsthand. I've been a part of being pulled over while driving black. I I understand that. I've been targeted by police at times. Put I've had myself laid on the ground with guns in my head because they thought that I was somebody that I wasn't. I mean that it's. Hey, look. At the end of the day, man. The way that these these things work is if you're doing what you're supposed to do in your job, which is the right thing to protect and serve, we wouldn't even have these
1: conversations. Can I just stop you there when you said you were down on the ground there i'm just I'm just I'm sitting yeah. like we were sitting six feet Listen, this other. is
2: not made for television no. lies. this is
1: real. This is real life and true. But Keith, you just said it in such a perfunctory way. Like, if that had happened to me or or anybody else, I would have been. <laughs> in such a standard, it's random normal. way. Oh it's a yes. normal, yes. not big deal. Right. Thank you. But I, the way that you just said that, like, yeah, I was down on the ground. It, it, it's just shocking Z- that you could Z- say Zubin, that. Yeah.
2: I swear on my mother's grave. No, no, I'm. I believe no, I, 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 I'm just, I, I know you do. At the moment, I had felt like any moment. If his hand uh-huh. slips, or that finger slips, right. I'm toast. Right. And, and I, But because I've seen it so many times in my neighborhood and community in which I grew up in, uh-huh. it's kind of like a
0: normal, it was like normal.
2: That's to, stunning to, to, to hear,
1: though. No, it why, really...
0: Why is it stunning to hear?
1: Just, just stunning to hear just from the aspect of he could say it so coolly. That's because You that, know bec- what I mean? I
0: would because to be honest you, with you, you it's come from reality, like, though, dog. But that's what I'm saying. You, I think you come from a uh, drastically different socioeconomic background.
2: Man, I, right, so, so check this out, though, Z. So I don't know if you know USC, the area USC's in is is South South Los Angeles, which is which is an area uh, that has been hit by a number of crimes over the years. In 1996, or maybe 97, no, 96, I had gotten drafted and I just came home in the off season. Now, typically, you gonna go, but you go back to your neighborhood where you grow up at. It's just because you see friends, you you know, it's like, hey, I'm back. Oh, I had a rookie season. I remember like it was yesterday. I was standing on the corner of Jefferson and in, in uh, Butlon. I was right there, and I talking to my boys. Police came, shoom! They put us all on the ground, and I'm just like, all I'm doing is talking to my friends, but they treated us like we had did something wrong. And then eventually they let us go. But the way that they treated us was just crazy. But it's reality. That's just what it is, and it's unnecessary. But it happens.
1: who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
3: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: White Sox right-hander Lucas Giolito pitching the first no-hitter of 2020 in front of cardboard cutouts. 13 Ks, one base runner, just one walk. The White Sox have 19 no-hitters key, only your Dodgers have more.
2: Yeah, Well, that's that's what we're supposed to do. But (laughs) can you imagine trying to throw a no-hitter and you're down to the last couple strikeouts Mm -hmm. and you just, the pressure
0: that is on you to get that
1: no-hitter? No question about it. Really good to see that for
0: both of them, though, considering what they've gone through over the last couple of years, With people kind of discounting them, not thinking they were going to pan out.
1: No question about it. Now, this is the biggest sports story in the world, Jay. Maybe not here domestically, but internationally. Lionel Messi and Barca perhaps splitting after nearly two decades Lionel Messi says he wants to go. He hasn't had a ton of success in the last couple of years by his standards, and the world is buzzing about it.
0: This kind of reminds me of D-Way leaving Miami, something that you never thought would ever happen. All the people with the hot takes, Messi's never leaving. Barca, I've been to games. It's incredible. Imagine every owner in every league saying, we have to get Messi.
1: No doubt about it. You want to endear yourself to your fan base. There's one easy way to do it. And the Nuggets fan base is loving Jamal Murray. Key ho-hum, 33 in the second half. The Nuggets stay alive. They've never rallied from a 3-1 deficit in any playoff series. They were down 3-1 to the Jazz. Let's make it 3-2.
0: Oh Man, he's cooking. Man, that was a 360 lay-in. Look every bit
2: of
1: 40, but he all right. He was terrific. How about them Wildcats is what they're saying in Lexington. He was incredible there and he's making some incredible moves in the bubble for the Nuggets. He, he,
0: I don't know if he was incredible at Kentucky. He was good at Kentucky. He wasn't like he. we saw him last but night.
2: College, but college hoops though is different, though, right? I mean, no, you don't agreed. Really, but they like got these systems, and saw, they don't really – Cal them don't really let you eat like that, Yeah, right? but
0: when you saw John Wall at Kentucky, you were like, oh, he's incredible. Jamal Murray was good, but last night he looked like a G4. He didn't look like a hawker. You know what I mean? He he looked like a next tier. I don't know if
2: everybody know what that is. Oh, I we'll, we'll, do we'll break that down. We'll I'm, break that I'm down usually
1: too. the one that has to stop and people have to correct me, but this time around it's for, for Jay Will. Just Jay Will talking <laughs> at one percent or stuff.
2: We'll G- break that down. G four, Hawker, citation.
1: Citation, all different kinds of jets. Guys. And real quick, shout out to the Nuggets GM Tim Conley, drafted Jokic, drafted Murray, drafted Michael Porter Jr., drafted Bull Bowl. It could be very bright in Denver. From A to Z was brought to you by Redbox. Redbox is something for everyone, along with the new comedy that came Can't be missed. Rent the King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson. Remember him from SNL and directed by the prolific Judd Apatow. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Okay, we were watching Paul George and wondering early in this series what in the world was going on. Then suddenly last night, he snaps back into it, explodes for 35 in less than 25 minutes. And yes, In history, his name will go down in the box score for all of the games that he struggled. He technically played in those games, but he wanted everybody to know the reason he didn't star had something to do with what the league is battling and has been battling for a couple years, but nobody wants to talk about.
0: It was just a little bit of everything.
4: Underestimated mental health, honestly. Um, I had anxiety, a little bit of depression, uh, just being locked in here, just, I just wasn't there. I checked out games two, three, four. I, I wasn't there. I felt like I wasn't there.
1: Now, I want to mention this, Jay, because this is something I know you're very hot on. The reason I say this has been going on in the league for a while, you might remember, and I know you guys both love the commissioner, Adam Silver, and I do too, just because he's real, he's, he's cathartic. He just says things, right? So this is what he told everybody maybe last, I would say, last March. Quote, this is Silver on his own players way pre-pandemic. This is
0: after the Kyrie Irving comments and Kevin yes. Durant comments. Yeah. This is
1: at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference where all the stat heads get together. Quote, from Silver, March 2019. When I meet with them, them is the players, when I meet with them, what surprises me is that they're truly unhappy. A lot of these young men, they are generally Unhappy. I think it's less calculated than a lot of people think, he said. The reality is that most don't want to play together. There's enormous jealousy amongst our players. He went on to say, if you're around a team in this day and age, there are always headphones on, Silver said. The players are isolated and they have their heads down. Obviously, George is saying he was a little claustrophobic, a little lost in the moment of the bubble where you can't really see your family. But Adam Silver is saying, Jay, and you know the league, this is something that's been going on for a while.
0: Yeah, I I don't really think that that quote is applicable to Paul George in this situation, though. I I, I get what Adam was talking about then, I I still think that is relevant to a degree. Uh, But I I think this one's a little bit different. And look, for all fans out there, Key, they're going to say, hey, your job is just to play basketball. What I would say to combat that is, if I have a hard day at work, if you're out there, you're working, you have a really hard day, you work from 7 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night, say you have a bad day, when you walk in the door of your home, my wife has checked me multiple times about whatever happened at work, leave at the doorstep. When I see my daughter, when she runs up to me, Keith, When you see your kids, it naturally forces you to be present with them, right? Yeah, now, oh yeah. You you may take a little bit of your bad day into into your home for a second, but that significant other will slap you, will knock you out of your own way, and get you out of your own funk, right? That recalibrates you. Think about if you have a bad game, you see your kid, or you see your family member, you see your friends for a oh, second. I was
2: the I was the worst, right?
0: Oh, I like, was the worst. You need somebody to help you recalibrate you. So. I feel what Paul George is saying. Think about how that echo chamber is expanded. When you don't have people to recalibrate you, you can't walk into that home. You can't see your friends. You can't get out of your own way. Now you're on your phone. Now people are asking your boys, how come you didn't shoot the ball? What do you think it is? You're consumed by it. You can't get out of it. And I think that's challenging when you're in a bubble. I think that's what Paul George was referring to.
2: You know, the the interesting thing is he figured out a way to get out of it and go 12 of 18, you know, 50% from the deep three. 35 points, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. in pair with Kawhi's 32. And if that's the situation for the Clippers, they're going to be a tough team to mm-hmm. beat down the stretch. There's no question about it. They're going to be a tough team. Um, it, it's always, like you mentioned, bad games, bad this. I, when I was saying to you, Z, mm-hmm. when I played, it was whether – like if we lost a game or I had a a difficult game, I was the worst to be around for that next
0: 24 hours. It was just – What would you do when you – like after a bad game, would you go home? Would you be by yourself? No, I typically – like,
2: you know, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of friends and family that would come to all my games, whether I traveled or whatever the case may be. And if I'm if I'm at home, I would just like – you know, normally we would go to eat after the game, but if it didn't go right –
0: Mm-mm. See me. I'm be no, quiet it, wasn't the even, time yeah, it
2: wasn't even no need to go dinner I mean, y'all gonna do what y'all need to do if y'all wanna hit China Club or whatever the case may be or, or Cheetahs or whatever y'all go do that on y'all own I'm gonna catch up with y'all later on I'm not and then when I get home I might just isolate myself completely from everybody and not talk to them and just kinda you know and I'm up like I'm not sleeping I'm back at the film I'm watching the film in my room trying to figure out it just was one of those situations where mentally it became so much. Consumed. Oh, it's consumed, man. It's a lot because there's so much pressure on you as a star player to deliver, and you got to figure out how to get out of that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, The Podcast.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J.
1: Will, and Zubin, all of our guests appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're going to bring in Dominic Foxworth here in just one second because we're going to ask him his comments on the Raptors perhaps boycotting their game with the Celtics tomorrow in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Nick Nurse, Raptors head coach, will be here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern to talk about it. Simply put, can it happen? Van Vliet said the team had a meeting. Yes, they're all in Florida. His eyes are on Wisconsin. And his message is putting pressure on other players in the NBA. Listen to this.
4: We knew, you know, coming here or not coming here wasn't going to stop anything. But I think ultimately, ultimately, like, playing or not playing puts pressure on somebody. So, for example, this happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, if I'm correct.
5: Yeah, that's
4: right. You know, would it be nice if, if in a perfect world we all say we're not playing and, and the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that's going to trickle down if he steps up to the plate and puts pressure on, you know, district attorney's office and state's attorneys and governors and politicians there to, to make real change and get some justice. Like, I know it's not that simple, but at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then, you know, at some point we're going to have to put our n****s on the line and, and actually, you know, put something up to lose rather than just money or
1: visibility. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's go straight to the shell pens oil performance line strong comments there by fred van vliet Dominique foxworth from the undefeated played in the national football league was a part of some nba labor negotiations as well really has his pulse on the finger of what's going on in multiple sports good morning dominique first things first uh this is something key and I were talking about uh before the show and i think it bears worth repeating what exactly would be the point of a boycott there's a symbolic gesture there but what does it really do
4: well, I think uh, that Van Bleep laid it out pretty clearly. While he said he doesn't know that or he understands that it's not as simple as maybe he laid it out, I think the point is you pull the levers that you can pull. I'm not sure what more um, radical thing you could expect from a player in this situation than boycott. So I, frankly, am just happy that I'm on their side. And it's not always clear necessarily. And I understand when you feel desperate, you pull all the levers, press all the buttons that you can, and if it happens to be the red one, that means that you won't show up for a game, then that's just what it happens to be. I'm just happy that I am on uh, the same side with them because it, it appears to me that they are quite focused and quite motivated to get something to happen, and I think the point that VanVleet Van made was that it's not necessarily a message to the DA's office in, um, in Milwaukee or in uh, Wisconsin is, it's a message to the other players around the league and the ownership around the league and the commissioner's office. It's a message to them that they better get on board and they better do the same things because they're the um, repercussions of actions that are happening in the street with police that pertain to black people. The repercussions will not only just rest on, on black people in the communities and the people, the families of the people who were, um, are impacted by this. So I think it's a brave thing to step out there and do. I don't know that I would ever have the guts to do something like that, but I'm happy to stand on the side with them and be able and be willing to defend them encourage them if that's what they need in this moment.
0: Nick, it's one thing for Fred VanVleet to say that. It's another thing to see LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard, some of the biggest players in the game actually do that. How feasible is it that those players would do something like that?
4: Yeah, I think it's a stretch. Honestly, like uh, Zubin mentioned that I've been a part of uh, labor negotiations for the NBA and the NFL. And that's when uh, v- Van Bleet said you have to put your I think we bleeped it out. So I won't say it if we already bleeped it out. But you have to put your bleeps on the line like that happens in labor negotiations all the time. You get to the end, 11th hour and you're like, look. Are you going to pass up these checks or not? And normally that's when the players back down, frankly, because the alternative is uh, pretty good and no one wants to miss out on checks because they want to get it a little bit better. But the idea that these guys are actually going to do it, like I think it's probably a long shot, honestly. But the fact that they put it out there, I think suggests that at least some of the players are serious about it. And I know before we went into the bubble or before the NBA went into the bubble, Kyrie was one of the guys talking about not showing up. Avery Bradley ended up not showing up. So some guys obviously are willing to do that, but I'm not sure that you can expect the whole team to do it or the entire league to do it. We saw the Lions pass up on a practice yesterday to send a message, but but obviously a practice is much different than uh, boycotting an entire playoff game. Like that's a huge message. And when the players were talking about they're going to go in the bubble and not allow uh, this to take away from the social justice things that were that were taking place. I think they've done a good job of mentioning it in their interviews or bringing books to press conferences, doing whatever they can do to give us in the media the opportunity to continue to talk about it. But this will be enormous. Like, this will be an earth-shattering decision that will, I certainly think, shake things up and uh, more likely to not lead to some advancements and some pressure uh, on people outside of the NBA.
2: Fox, for a minute, just think, what if the star players decided that they, the LeBron James or the Kawhi Leonards mm-hmm. of the world, just make a decision to decide, you know what, this may be the only way that we're going to be able to send this message. Do you think star players I'm talking about decide to right. check out, do you think it will affect some other leagues like the NFL where we will start to see star players? Because typically stars align with stars and kind of follow each other. leads. Do you think that that could trickle down to potentially the NFL?
4: Absolutely. I think once the stars do it, it gets easier for everybody else. Because if LeBron James, the biggest star we have in American sports, if LeBron James says he's not going to show up, that's where all the pressure is going to fall. That's where all the questions are going to be asked. That's what all our uh, news networks are going to be leading with. LeBron James decided not to play. It becomes much easier for the rest of the stars who fall behind him to to do the same thing. The hardest thing to do is the hardest thing is going to be for somebody like him to step out. Or uh, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard, who is not very outspoken guy. So I, I'd be surprised if he made a move like that. But somebody else, to somebody big like that to do it, it makes it so much easier for everyone else. And if the... If this trickles to a point where they shut down the entire NBA playoffs, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself like that's power. And we talk often about we point our fingers at the people who've been elected to certain offices and say that they have so much power, but they don't really have control. The control is rest in the hands of the people. And in this case, those people are, are the players who have some bit of control that they can impact. Uh, the future going forward, impact the league and impact uh, far beyond the league. So I, I I admire them for having that power and be, being willing to wield that power and being willing to sacrifice what they've worked their whole life for, frankly, to get an opportunity to play for a championship. You think about that, that they are willing to even consider that or discuss that. It makes me proud to have been a former at, or to have been a professional athlete at some point.
2: Fox, let me apologize first um, what I'm about to, to ask you. That. Uh oh.
4: No, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's what I said. I said, uh oh. Oh, man, stop, man. I thought you was going to bring up some tape, but you catch no, it. No, hey, hey. No, no. he's been brought no. up in the breaks, Nick. No, no. I he's was, brought up in the breaks now. He was like, I'm not going to I was going
2: to say, let me apologize because I'm sure. Based on what I'm about to ask you, you've already answered this many times on many shows over Mm -hmm. the last several days. I just haven't seen it. Yes. I wanted to know. I I
4: know the answer to it already. Keyshawn Johnson was the best receiver I ever played against (laughs) in my NFL No, stop,
2: boy. (laughs) On a serious note, I was going to say, you know, I want you to to elaborate on your feelings about what took place in Wisconsin with uh, Jacob Blake. Because I I know you probably have. I just haven't seen it. And I wanted to know your feelings on it.
4: No, I, I haven't yet. I oh, think okay. that it's, yeah, as I'll be on get up later talking about it, but I think it's a really tough, uh, situation to, to, I think the saddest thing is I'm not surprised, you know, like it's not news. It's not new that, to, to people like us and it's upsetting and frustrating. I'm encouraged more than anything because it seems like, uh, the, The tenor of the country, the perception of the country has changed. It's not to a point where people are looking for reasons to blame Blake. It seems like, by and large, most people understand that no matter what happens in any situation, this is any particular situation. This happens far too often. And dissecting the particulars of any particular situation, to me, seems like a waste of time when we understand that what's going on and what has gone on is something that, uh, it's terrifying and it's scary and our country will never be the country that it expects to be until it addresses the many, not just the police uh, brutality and, and um police violence issue, but the many issues that uh, are barriers, frankly, for black people in this country. So, like, I, I, we'll never be the country that we say we want to be until we address that peculiar or that the problems that stem from the peculiar institution of slavery. So, like, that's I, I feel like it's a really broad um Way to answer that question. But that's how I feel when I see stuff like that. It's just it's uh, the same stuff that we all know has existed for a while. Not all of us, but many of us know it's existed for a while. And some of us are finally coming to understand is a a real problem.
0: Mm. Nick, you have so much insight on how these labor negotiations pan out. Seeing the Lions Mm. cancel practice the other day. If you were to give advice to athletes about the one way they could create change, if that's legislation wise, what advice would you give them on how to do that?
4: I think the first move is to get informed and also understand that not everyone has to be a spokesperson. Not everyone's built for that and not everyone. Um, is, it shouldn't have to be their responsibility. I think I would say the same thing that I'm saying to athletes, to anybody in the country who wants to impact this is that. There are microaggressions that set us back and there can be uh, small actions that push us forward. So in in any aspect of uh, life where you have impact, you should be able to you should be willing to push in that way and be conscious of everything you say, everything you do. I know it's a lot of pressure to be aware of this all the time. We're not all going to be perfect, but be conscious that. Every little decision you make has some little impact on somebody else. And that's how our society is built. And that's what uh, forms the institutions and the rules that we live under. So being aware of all that and and being conscious that your actions matter. And if you have the, the conviction and the bravery, frankly, to step up and take some more radical action, don't be afraid. Like we see the cycle works the same way every time it feels like when someone is ridiculed for stepping out. Eventually, the world comes around and understands that that person was right. And it seems that cycle is so much faster now than it was back in the day of, say, Muhammad Ali. You see, Kaepernick has changed. Kaepernick is viewed by most, I think, now as an American hero when at the time he was viewed as somebody who was doing the wrong thing. So that that bravery should extend to everybody uh, no matter where you are In our society I, I get frustrated honestly And it happens to me Sometimes too Where I find myself Pointing at CEOs Or coaches Or someone else Who is in a leader leadership position And telling them That they need to fix it And I think The the real truth Is that we need to Make them fix it And I think To bring us full circle Back to Fred Van Vliet I think that's what He's he's pointing to It's like look You, you guys aren't going to fix it So we're going to make you So uncomfortable As uncomfortable As the rest of us are Until you address the issues that we are seeing persist in our society. Now,
2: the fun part. How's your neck? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm <laughs> i waiting the I, whole time. I'm just to messing with you, man. Hey, Nick, don't you were talking about, man, I am stiff arm Nick. I am no, put him man, in the
4: no, ground. I no, put his cheek I'm on not, the I'm ground not, in the gravel. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying <laughs> it. Don't listen, man. Don't listen no, to no, him, no, man.
3: Don't listen I'm, to him. Saying I'm just it. playing You're a dog. great
4: player. I'm not denying it. But I do know one thing. Uh-huh. I was sitting on everything. about nobody was worried about Keisha running <laughs> by him. I was sitting on all intermediate routes. Hey, sitting on
2: all outs and digs and everything. They, hey, look, that's what they told the DBs. <laughs> but 900 catches later and it's a whole nother story.
4: <laughs> I don't. I don't like this. Let's let's go back to Zubin. Zubin, you, you talking about? No, you, we can have. We got a few, something. Look, we got a well, is few minutes. Your, was can... that your points per game or your GPA? Hey, what look, ah! pull,
2: pull up, pull up that film that we got there, Evan. No, I'm just, just
1: Get him, Nick. <laughs> I got to say, years ago, I covered Dominique Fox-Ruth when he was with the Broncos. He went to Harvard Business School in the offseason. He was all business today, giving us the context with the NFL and how it applies to the Lions and the NBA, how it applies to what's going on in the bubble, especially with the Raptors. You can see Dominique on Get Up, 8 a.m. Eastern, with Greeny and the gang over on ESPN. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise.
0: <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm disappointed <laughs> too, Nick. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean,
1: too. I'm, disappointed.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed in Zubin because. Because he had that Segway in his pocket and it didn't work. I wasn't <laughs> all business. I just finished making jokes.
1: <laughs> we'll see, Dominique. I'd get up at eight a.m. Eastern time, and the best part about that, it'll be a Keyshawn free zone, so he can get in everything he needs to get in, <laughs> and it'll be all good. Dominique, thank you so much. Thanks, Nick. All
0: so, right. Thank you,
1: guys. We're gonna talk to Nick Nurse, the, the Raptors Knicks, head the coach. Still hurt though? Is it sore? <laughs> yeah, the Is, using Bengay on it.
0: It was vicious.
2: Could be mm. a good
1: sponsorship opportunity for Ben Gay if you're out there. 8.30 <laughs> a.m. Eastern Time. Nick Nurse is going to join us. He was a part, of course, of that team meeting that the Raptors had with regard to possibly boycotting game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow uh, against the Celtics. We should also mention Nick Nurse was the runaway choice for the NBA Coach of the Year, so there's plenty to talk to him about. Oh, by the way, the defending champions without Kawhi Leonard. That's all coming up at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. There has been some discussion Was it right to go to the bubble? We heard yesterday George Hill talk about going there and having a platform, but what does it really mean? Nick Nurse essentially said when everybody rolled in in late July, the bubble gave them a stage that ordinarily, right now, these players and some of these teams would not normally have, and for that reason and that reason alone, it's been worth it.
5: We have a platform here, and I think playing still gives us a chance to use that platform more than not playing does.
0: And I would say that that has not changed for me. And I think that we need to continue to, again, I mean, the issues need to continue to be dealt with and talked about and seriously scrutinized and all this stuff. We need to all do better and we need
5: to all work together.
1: That's no question about it. Nick Nurse is going to join us again at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. And if you're more interested on the NFL talk with the Lions canceling practice in protest, we'll talk about it with our Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark, at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Stay tuned for that. Jay, Nick Nurse pretty clear there that they are in it to win it, but there's also a larger reason to be in the bubble.
0: I'll say this. There will be no boycott until LeBron James puts his stamp on it. LeBron James is the Muhammad Ali of the NBA. He is the Jim Brown of the NBA. That's how NBA players look at LeBron James. So hearing George Hill talk about he doesn't feel like being here, fine. Hearing Fred VanVleet talk about we have to put our blanks on the line, fine. All these things are fine. But the person who leads this movement is LeBron James. Think about Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports represents close to 30 players in the NBA. Think about how that trickle-down effect leads to the NFL, the relationship LeBron has with OBJ, Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry. Clutch Sports represents Jarvis Landry, okay? They represent Melvin Gordon, the players, the cachet that they have. LeBron James will be the person to lead that movement. So if we get to a point where we're talking about players truly boycotting the NBA – a league that has put black lives matter on the court. And I hear what Fred is saying to make change, to have owners use their power with lobbyists to actually push for legislation. But in order for that to happen, I know it's unfair, but that weight will be on the shoulders of LeBron star, James
2: star power is extremely important in this situation. There's no question about it. Uh, you mentioned clutch sports and the, the number of clients that LeBron and his, his crew manage and represent. Uh, whether it's Ben Simmons or AD who plays with him or LeBron himself or Landry or just any players in professional sports. When one guy like LeBron makes the decision to step out front, everybody else is going to follow. What did Patrick
1: Beverly say? Is the king playing? The king playing? We're all playing.
2: That's just – that's what it is. Um, I somewhat agree with Nick Nurse by saying that this is a platform. The people outside the bubble, they can still stay in the bubble and get the message across, much like LeBron has talked about. It's us outside the bubble that have to continue to push until our athletes come outside the bubble to join forces with us to continue to push. It doesn't mean because you're in the bubble that you also isolate yourself from the rest of the world. Sure. They're still active. And there's people out there that are still active. We got to keep. Doing what we're doing on this platform that we're on right now, Z, we got to keep sending the message and not be afraid of people talking smack to us on social media about stick to sports.
1: Doc Rivers, not scared at all. Listen to his comments, it's at the top of the hour.
0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.